0: And welcome to the second half of this month's Mountain Talk. The song you just heard is a new single called Bad Faith by Cincinnati-based band, The Montvails. The song is about something that's both a hot-button political issue and an incredibly normal medical procedure—that is to say, abortion. We know abortion is a controversial and politically charged issue, but it's also a fact of everyday life. If you haven't had an abortion, you almost certainly know or love someone who has had an abortion or will someday have one. Statistically, one in four women will have an abortion over the course of their lifetime. Teenagers have abortions, but so do people of all ages, even those who've already had children. If it's not you, it's someone you know. And if not an abortion, almost everybody with ovaries will seek some form of reproductive health care, whether it's STD testing, hormone replacement therapy, birth control, or a plain old gynecology exam. Today, you'll hear from young people in Appalachia who are working to communicate about the issue to their peers. First, we'll talk to Eastern Kentucky sex educator Shailen Clark, who works with Sexy Sex Ed. Then, you'll hear from the Vales a pair of 20-something Tennessee-born, Ohio-based musicians who connect their roots in Appalachia and its old-time music with a desire to speak to the modern-lived experiences of their peers. As you're about to hear, young people in the Mountain Souths don't always get the kind of comprehensive sex education that allows them to make informed choices.
1: It's not something that just affects a few people, it affects everyone.
0: Shaylen Clark is a 25-year-old Harlan County native and the sole employee of Eastern Kentucky nonprofit Sexy Sex Ed.
1: January of 2021, I became the headmistress of Sexy Sex Ed. That's like my official title and I think it's so cool. It's so cool. I went to my first Sexy Sex Ed workshop in 2017, I believe. And, um, that was the first time I had ever experienced a facilitated conversation around consent. That was the first time I'd had ever had a comprehensive class around sexual education and reproductive health. <clears throat> but after that, I just remembered, I was thinking, why am I just not getting this information? I was probably like 19, 18, 19 at the time. Um, and I just felt like, This information should have been given not only to me, but to my peers and classmates and friends a lot sooner. Um, In high school, I don't remember ever having a sex ed class. Uh, There was a health class, but it didn't specifically talk about uh, reproductive health and safe sex, and it never mentioned consent.
0: Clark says that a wide-ranging approach to sex education is really important. With Sexy Sex Ed, she offers an alternative to abstinence-based sex education.
1: The political environment and the way that sex ed is taught affected me and so many other young people in eastern Kentucky because I can remember um, having friends who were afraid that they were pregnant and us in the hallway figuring out a way to get this person to an abortion clinic, figuring out how to, like, pay for an abortion, how to keep it from their parents, and just so many other super crazy things that are all happening to young people because they don't want to teach comprehensive sex ed.
0: Clark also campaigns for Kentuckians' right to make their own choices about their bodies.
1: The nearest abortion clinic to Harlan, or that's where I'm from, Harlan County, is um, in the state of Kentucky it would be Louisville and that's like a four-hour drive and especially for a young person they would have to stay like overnight and figure out how to get money to pay for a hotel room have someone take them and also try to keep all of that from their parents because of the conversations that are happening around sex education are more like shame-based conversations it's already hard it's all it's already damn near not possible to get access to a safe abortion. If there's only one abortion clinic in the state and it's four plus hours away from you and you're a person living in rural eastern Kentucky and you don't have the transportation nor the means to get there or the money to afford it in a hotel room or someone to take care of you through the process, there are already so many obstacles that people have to face in order to get access to a safe abortion for the state of Kentucky. And for people in eastern Kentucky specifically.
2: You wind me and dined me when I was your girl. Promised if I'd be your wife, you'd show me the world. But all I've seen of this old world is a bed and a doctor bill. I'm down your
0: brooder house, cause now I've got the peel. In 1972, one of Eastern Kentucky's most famous country singers, Loretta Lynn, followed a country music tradition old as country music itself, and got banned from country radio with a controversial song about birth control.
2: All these years I've stayed at home While you had all your fun And every year that's gone by Another baby's come There's gonna be some changes made Right here on Nursery Hill you set this chicken your last time Cause now I've got the pill
0: Lynn sang about the freedom and excitement the pill gave her, the sense of control over her own body. Now, the Montveils, too, are trying to figure out how to communicate their concerns about reproductive health care, and in doing so, following in Loretta Lynn's footsteps. Their new single, Bad Faith, communicates the feeling of being alone that many people who've had abortions sometimes experience and the rising political stigma and the repression that abortion seekers face.
3: It was like a, a couple years ago when I like first started writing it, and it felt really important to me to get it exactly right. Um, because I wanted it to be like not so much a, like, here's what I think about abortion and what you should think about abortion song, but more of like a, writing like to the people who have had abortions like two former patients of mine um, to kind of be like a look you're not alone and like kind of bear witness to some of the hoops that people have to jump through to like make this very basic decision about their own bodies
0: on new years of 2021
3: the planned parenthood building
0: in knoxville tennessee was burned to the ground in an arson and the MontVales decided to speed up production for the song and release it as a message of support to a shocked community. I spoke to the band about the new song and reproductive healthcare access in the mountains.
3: I'm Molly Rochelson, and I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee,
4: um, but I currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sally Bice. I also grew up in Knoxville and also live in Cincinnati now. And we met as kids. We went to the same Unitarian church and actually became friends during an MLK Day parade where we marched together with our church and we started playing music together when we were maybe like 13. We played like Knockin' on Heaven's Door at a youth conference and (laughs) we started just like, preparing songs to play every time we had that kind of audience super inspired by folk punk at that time and so a lot of our music was inspired by like that idea of community and friendship and that was a lot of it yeah
3: and also kind of like wanderlust sorts of feelings I think and like visions we had of ourselves like train hopping across the country or something and yeah lots of songs of like getting out of this town and stuff <laughs> yeah But like, punk music with different instruments to some
4: extent. We had a kind of a weird combo of like that and straight up old-time music where like I spent a lot of time playing banjo at old-time jams and like playing at contra dances and stuff like that. I think we're specifically living in a
3: time when people are really starting to suss out like what the heck Americana is. Um, And the more like we hear people like define it, it feels more like oh yeah, that is us. Because it's kind of like catch-all for the weird outskirts of country or even just like country that is made by women or queer people, not just straight white dudes, I think gets put into the Americana
4: category. And
3: yeah, I guess that's us.
4: The genre of Americana means more to me after hearing that perspective on it. That It's like a place to belong for people who might not have that otherwise.
0: It definitely feels like, I mean, so this song, like your new song is... I don't, I mean, I don't personally see that being played on country radio, yeah, no. <laughs> probably not. But yeah, I don't know. It's, and I'm definitely, I'm like curious to hear like more about that song and more about um, like how you, how you all wrote it. When did that
3: come to
0: you and what were the circumstances?
3: On New Year's Eve of 2021, um, Planned Parenthood in Knoxville was burned entirely by an arsonist and the building was deemed a total loss so they are not like able to do services there this also happened after about a year ago somebody shot through the front doors of Planned Parenthood as well so this is not the first like act of terror that has happened uh to this building or to like progressive institutions in Knoxville as a whole um And yeah, we were both really upset by it and really just like devastated for the loss of this institution in our community. They've been really open and like uh, outspoken about the fact that they're going to rebuild and that's amazing. But in the meantime, it's a clinic that sees like thousands of patients a year and those patients are having to be diverted and try to find care elsewhere at this point and Abortion rights have always been something that have like been really important to me and close to my heart and like if we don't have autonomy over our like own physical bodies then we don't have much and um, I just like see it touching so many other issues and um, it just like was kind of the niche in the world of issues that I could choose from to like be active in that I ended up in. And I I think abortion is talked about like this very secretive thing often and like this very shameful thing. And that is one thing that I've like heard over and over again talking to people who have had abortions in various roles that I've held is that like it's like a singularly alone feeling experience, um, which is really wild because... It's so many people. It's like definitely at least one person that everybody loves has had an abortion. Um, I process things through music. (laughs) And uh, so I, I think it was always kind of inevitable that I was going to like write a song about this because it's something I've spent just
4: a lot of my life thinking about. And I think this song feels like a really satisfying response to that. Um, So we had already recorded this song like back in the spring and we weren't sure when we were going to release it or even if we were going to release this version of it and I felt like this felt like a really hopeful and positive way to address all of that rage. Just the scary times that we're in because it's more focusing on like offering company and comfort to people. Um, Focusing on the things that we can do. So we had this song that we were sitting on for a
3: while and then things were already like feeling really dire because of the supreme court decision that's like coming this summer sometime probably and then this happened and it just felt like we wanted to put something out into the world that felt hopeful or resilient in some way or that just like expressed our profound sadness and anger and i think this song hopefully does all of those things I think it's really easy to get lost in sort of like the politics and stuff around abortion and not realize that like this is a really normal part of life for many people even if like they don't see it as normal like statistically it's normal it is a thing that people do and have done since pregnancy has <laughs> been a thing um I had this moment one time of going to the Knoxville farmer's market and I had a button on my bag that said abortion is normal. Um, and just like got chewed out by this random guy who was like so upset about it. And it was like startling for a second. And then I was like, wow, but people like are seeing that. And it like, really, I don't care about that guy. I'm like so excited for The person in the crowd who's had an abortion to like read that and like maybe that's the first time ever somebody has posited the idea to them that it is normal and they are fine and like deserve to do what they need to do for their lives and not be questioned about it this big supreme court decision that's coming this summer that like is really likely to end legal abortion in about half the country um including in Tennessee, including in Ohio, where we currently live. It just feels like a really dire time for abortion rights, and it feels dire in a way that I don't know that most people, even, like, otherwise politically engaged people, really understand. When you work in a the, like, abortion rights kind of world, it feels a little um, wild sometimes to be focused so singularly on this one thing when there are so many so many things wrong in the world in so many like ways that capitalism visits like terrible things upon us. Um, but like the fact is like, if we don't really actively fight for abortion rights, like they're going to go away. They're probably going to go away anyways. Like even though many of us have been fighting really hard for them. When I was writing it, I was really asking myself that question a lot and like trying to like approach it as an East Tennessean as, like, somebody who's had an abortion, because I've had an abortion, and um, and not as, like, somebody who has, like, worked for and with nonprofits profits And, like, <laughs> like, how do I... This is my chance to, like, say what I want to say about it as an artist. And I think that's why it took so long, because I, like, it was hard unraveling that to some extent. Um, but, like, I think my answer to that was speak to the human experience of it. Um, And like, I don't know. I think I, I certainly don't like being told what to do with my own body. I don't really know anybody who does. I think autonomy is like kind of an Appalachian value too, I would say. Um, And I think like, people can relate to the idea of like, you know, like you can't win for losing, um, which is like, certainly the story of like many people of reproductive age (laughs) in, in Appalachia, like who like have the capacity to get pregnant. Um, it's just like a really tricky thing when the law isn't on your side and culture isn't on your side. Um, and you're, like, being forced to make all these, like, arrangements and micro decisions about who you're going to tell and not tell and figure out where the money's going to come from and where, like, the ride is going to
4: come from and all that. I had a thought just on, like, imagining who's going to hear the song and who's going to hear this on the radio. I imagine this song being perceived in a lot of different ways. And, like, I love the idea of, like, lots of people singing it together at a concert and, like... People being, like, proud to share that experience with other people. But I also imagine a lot of people, like, having, like, privately listening to it and feeling, like, privately validated, even if that's not something they're comfortable sharing. Like, I hope this reaches people who, like, when they're in the car alone, don't turn the dial because it speaks to something they've experienced. Um, I wanted the song to, like, have, like, a hopeful
3: Tone at the end and like a kind of like screw everybody it's going to be okay like you do what you need to do we'll keep on living kind of like feeling at the end and it does and when I realized how bad things were on the like legislative level and like how how doomed things feel like with the supreme court case coming this summer to some extent like I was almost Oh no, we're too late. Like, I don't. Can we put out a hopeful song about abortion right now? And that like, does this even fit like anymore? Like, if abortion is straight up about to become illegal in Tennessee, this stuff about like waiting periods and like going to a clinic and and things like that. Um, and I like wrestled with that for a while, and it made me really sad. Um, but I think the fact is, people will still have abortions like people are going to continue to have abortions even when it's illegal um and there is a hopeful edge to that because we are not in pre-row times we are living in a time when like at-home abortion can be done really safely using pills um and I'm really grateful for that and I think that's kind of like something I want to try to spread information about as we like keep pushing the song out into the world as much as I can, um, just because people need to know that abortion pills by mail are a reality in all 50 states um, with varying degrees of legality. Um, but we know that like people are always going to need abortions, and that is a way that um, people can access them still, even if it becomes illegal. Thank Sorry. you both so
0: much. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for February's Mountain Talk. In our second half, you heard from Molly Rochelson and Sally Bice, two halves of Americana duo The Montveils, who seek to combine old music styles into new forms and write about things that affect young people like them. We talked about their new single, Bad Faith, which you can listen to on Spotify or at one of their upcoming tour dates throughout Kentucky. You also heard from Shailen Clark, the headmistress of Sexy Sex Ed, a peer sex education group in Eastern Kentucky discussing the challenges that young people face when seeking reproductive health care in the region. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe to Mountain Talk as a podcast or stream it online through SoundCloud. I've been your host, Katie Myers, here on Mountain Community Radio. From all of us at WMMT, thanks for listening.